The Fake Show podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison and Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studios in Las Vegas, Moonshot.com T-shirt designs, Mr. Antenna, and Banger Brewing in downtown Las Vegas. It's The Fake Show with Jim Tofty. The Vow is an HBO documentary series that follows a number of people deeply involved in the self-improvement group Nexium over the course of several years. The series really takes a deep look at the organization, now faced with various charges including sex trafficking and racketeering conspiracy against the highest members, most notably founder Keith Raniere, who was convicted in June of 2019 and is currently awaiting sentencing. Former Nexium member Sarah Edmondson is part of the docuseries and has written a book about her harrowing experience. She joins me now from her home in Vancouver. Hi. Sarah, good morning to you. How are you doing? I'm well. How are you doing? Very good, thank you. And and congratulations on the book. It certainly chronicles everything that you have been through. And uh, this call to Nexium, it, it was a global organization, wasn't it? It was just huge. Yeah, I mean, it was um, somewhere between sixteen to 20,000 students worldwide, which it means for a cult is kind of, it's small, but it's a lot of people. How was it that you were drawn to this originally, and what year did this happen for you? So it started in 2005. I was 27, turning 28, and I was um, an actress looking for a community, belonging, um, meaning, purpose, all of those things. And I um, met a filmmaker who I really trusted and respected, and he said, well, if you liked my film, which I which I loved, um, it was an incredible film called What the Bleak Do We Know? And he said, if you like my film, you may like this workshop. And I just jumped jumped in without research, <laughs> without researching it. And that was the beginning of, of, of my 12 years in Nexium. I know that you have said that in the beginning, it, it seemed really great. Absolutely. I mean, there were the five-day itself helped me tremendously. That being said, there were so many red flags that I can look back at and see, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. Um, but the red flags were all preempted with this very sophisticated form of manipulation, which is to say, if you feel uncomfortable, then you're doing it right. And so I dismissed many of my red flags, thinking that was just an area I needed to, to work on in this self-development seminar, unfortunately. To get into the group, what were you required to do? To join Nexium, I mean, it was a, it was just over $2,000 for a five-day workshop. It was very intense days, like 12 to 13-hour days. Um, and it was, it was sort of like a set up like a, a group therapy setting. And there were discussions, very you know, intellectual, very emotional, a lot of catharsis. You know, um, it was basically modalities um, that were taken and repackaged to form a very intense um, transformation, as it were. What kind of family did you come from, and were you talking to any of them, your parents or other members of the family, about what you were doing at this time? Yeah, interestingly, my, my mom's a therapist, my dad's a counselor, so the work that I was doing was in a field that I was familiar with, but it seemed to me, what I liked about it was that it was very... Um, condensed form of therapy like it was very I liked that it seemed so effective and so efficient I liked the efficiency of it and I did talk to them about it and they were obviously skeptical but they saw changes in me and the thing that 
the, the lure with Nexium, the thing that made it so dangerous is that the bait on the outset of the group was effective for so many people and that kept them coming back for more, it made more of a commitment. It got more dangerous. Did it have kind of a pyramid scheme feel to it at some point? Yes, absolutely. And that's something that um, was built into the whole system. And of course, through the indoctrination, they'd say things like, it's not a pyramid, it is... So it's a it's a network. You're bringing in your friends, and you're sharing this. And you know, pyramid scheme, of course, has a very negative connotation, and it still does. But they, you know, t- trained us to believe that it wasn't that, and that we were just sharing what was good with our friends. And there's nothing bad about that. Was um, reframed. Sarah, was there a point where you were eventually introduced to Keith Raniere, the leader? Yes, I, I met him after um, a few months of being involved. At that point, I, he'd been touted as, you know, the smartest man in the world and humanitarian and all this stuff, which we now know is not to be true, um, which is also part of how he gains, you know, respect. He, he gets pumped up by all the people around him. So by the time you meet him, you feel like you're meeting somebody, you know, like a rock star. Yeah, I know that analysts who are, are experts in uh, looking at cults and other groups like this have, have compared it to really kind of a copy of Scientology or EST or other movements like that. True story, yeah. So, so since leaving, I've had to educate myself on all these things, which truly I knew nothing about when I got started. And I wish that I'd had that education because I, I think I would have run for the hills on day one. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's actually one of the, my motivations for writing the book is that I think that people's understanding uh, about cults um, is very limited, and they see it in a, in, a, in a certain perspective. They don't have the full picture of how these things operate now, and that is largely through personal development workshops or what they call in the field large group awareness trainings, and that's like EST and, and Scientology which, you know, if you compare, are very, very, very similar. Now, eventually, because you were there for so many years, you were turned into a recruiter? Yeah, so to advance, to be promoted in the company, you have to recruit, you have to bring in new people, and that's part of their system to make sure that there's always um, new students. And Keith would say that, the, you know, that the indoctrination around that was that he said that to be successful in anything, you have to be able to... Um, share your ideas and have people go, you know, to, to buy in. And that's part of being successful. And there's truth with that. You can't do much in the world on your own. You have to bring people along with your, with your beliefs. At this time, as you're recruiting and, and busy and doing all these things, are you still acting? Because I'm, I'm not sure exactly how you're making a living. Does, does Nexium pay you or? That's a good question. For the first uh, four years, they don't, well, for me, it took four years before I was getting paid. It was like an internship. And I kept acting. In fact, that's one of the reasons why I stayed with Nexium, because I, I started to book more work and, um, you know, found more success as an actor. And that was, you know, I felt like, oh, the tools are working. You know, this is, I'm doing, I'm doing well. But no, I did not get paid for quite some time within the company. It took me a while before I reached the level of being a, an official paid coach. When did it get to the point where it really turned dark and, and you were taken to a room with other females and that branding started to occur? Oh, I mean, to be totally frank, it's been um, a very intense week of, of press and I'd, I'd prefer not to to go into the details about the, about the branding and, and leave that to, to the book, if, you, if that's okay. Um, yeah. 
I didn't I didn't realize how re-traumatizing it would be to talk about this week. And um, I thought that when I wrote the book, I was kind of healed and moved past it. But it's very raw and very vulnerable to, to talk about. And I know it's important because I'm trying to, you know, shed light on the subject and warn people and but it's um, those details are just hard for me to revisit right now. I understand. And, and how soon after that did you decide to get out of there and blow the whistle? It was actually the, the, the night of the branding itself wasn't the thing that woke me up in itself. It was a couple months later finding out that the symbol was the leader's initials and um, confiding in, in the same person who brought me in, um, Mark. And we sh- we shared the information. I shared what he shared what he knew about what was going on, and, and then I shared with him what I had experienced, and together we put together, we were able to see the full picture, which is largely how these how these groups operate, is that you don't have the full picture, you only know what you know, and it's limited, and once we had the full perspective, we, we knew we had to get out, um, and very soon after, decided to go public. As I let you go, two-part question, what has become of Keith Ranieri and Nexium? As far as I know, Nexium is no longer in existence. There are a handful of followers that still believe he is innocent and misunderstood and um, that he will, you know, they, they see him as a martyr. And, and I mean about 12 to 20 people, as far as I know. Um, and everyone else is woken up, I think, after seeing what happened at the trial. And you, are you, I know that you're married, you have children, are you still involved in acting? You know, I, t- I took a break to have my second child. I, I do a, I do a lot of voiceover, though, which I still I still continue to do. And um, I'm, not, I'm not sure what I'm going to do next. I just need to take a pause after all this and um, spend some time with my family and, and be a mom and be normal for a little bit. Sarah Edmondson's book is called Scarred. It's fascinating. It's available at Amazon.com and everywhere books are sold. So nice of you to uh, spend some time with me, Sarah. I appreciate it and good luck with the book. Thank you so much for your for your thoughtful thoughtful questions and your time. I really appreciate it. I do have an update. The sentencing for Nexium leader Keith Rainieri is set for October 27th. Senior U.S. District Judge Nicholas Garifus established a date recently during a conference call with prosecutors and Rainieri's lawyers. That wraps up this episode of the Fake Show podcast. I'm Jim Tofty, and I'll see you back here next time. Take the Fake Show on the road by listening on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and the fakeshow.com.